Okay, here we are in Concord, North Carolina at the Mustang Owners Museum. And what a day here with the Steve Hall Memorial uh, over at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Great turnout. And guess what? We got to speak to a lot of people there. And some of the people we want to talk to should be on this podcast. That's what I said. So guess what? We're joined here by Mark Young. For those of you who have been regular podcast listeners know who Mark Young is. And if you don't, you can go back, scroll through, and listen to Mark's great podcast. Mark, welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast on this kind of somber day, but it is a celebration of life for a good friend of ours who really did a great job in giving the Mustang world their own museum here in North Carolina. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Oh, thank you very much. It's uh, it, it's good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in these circumstances, yes. uh, what we want to do, Mark, today is I know that everyone at the Celebration of Life uh, ceremony had great stories to talk about, uh, especially uh, what Steve Hall did for the hobby and having a museum just sitting here in this place is just makes you smile because oh. someone cared enough to have our own little shrine for the Mustang. Why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about your little history with uh, our friend Steve and what it means to have a museum here right in your own backyard here in North Carolina. Well, Steve and I's uh, relationship goes back to the early phases of the Mustang 50th. And uh, we were chosen by Mustang Club of America to be the host club, our Carolina Regional Mustang Club. And and then Steve came on board and he was this larger-than-life individual that uh, has had countless worldly experiences in the uh, not only the apparel world but the sports world and the mustang world and so that was my opportunity to get engaged with him as we were planning the 50th and with him doing the parallel events in las vegas uh, he was relying on our club to uh, really kind of pull off not necessarily a miracle but it was uh, a lot of effort all the way around the horn so steve and i were kind of joined at the hip for uh better part of 18 months, I guess. Well, a lot of people don't realize when these big uh, Mustang shows happen, the host club in that town does a lot of the heavy lifting in Carolina Regional. Uh, had to the, you were uh, on the board back then, I believe, of that club. And I was actually the president of the club at the time. Okay. And uh, so I kind of took on the, uh, it was the local chair for the event with our club, and uh, we had all hands on deck, and we had meetings uh a couple times a month, and, uh, and then Steve would attend some, and some of the MCA guys would come up, uh, Don and Steve Pruitt and those guys, and just show that we know what we're doing, and that, that would have been our third event right. that we had done. Well, so Steve kind of um, tested uh, the waters there at the 50th, and I think that's what really inspired him, if you will, to you know realize, hey, Ford's not going to do this, and if I don't do it, and I've got the highest amount of exposure now with the 50th, Highest amount of interest. This is the time. And by God, Mark, he did it. And uh, I know you've been involved. You're still involved at the museum now. I, I, you're kind of like the uh, unofficial or official curator here. Well, I uh, <laughs> he called me the chief procurement officer. I helped him find uh, a lot of the cars to be put on display. I know I know a lot of people have been in the hobby a long time. So whenever he needed something or was going to put up a display, he'd talk to me about it and we'd come up with a selection of cars. I know about this. I know about that. And if I couldn't find something, he'd put the word out. But, uh, I mean, Steve and I, we talked a lot. I mean, he was, uh, he was a good close friend. I mean, he was a confidant. He, he needed something. He knows that he could ask me and it would, it would be taken care of. Well then if you could sum it up, how did he pull this off? I mean, I think about 30 years, four or five major attempts, big people in the hobby, millions of dollars spent. And, Steve Hall is the only guy that was able to actually get this done 
How did that happen? Steve was Iron Man. He did not care what the challenge was. He was going to drive through it. He was going to make it happen. And, I mean, he had a huge amount of support, not only with our our club and the, the, the Wrecking Crew Mustang Club and some of the others in the area, but it, it literally it, it took the village to pull this off. And some of the other people right up to when the museum was going into place, nobody knows this, but if you attended the, uh, the grand opening of the museum, you saw that it was a big grandiose facility. They didn't get their certificate of occupancy until exactly one week prior to the grand opening. One week, and that means you couldn't even have a poster hanging on the wall prior to that. And they pulled it off, brought in 40 cars, all of the, the, the posters, all of the uh, uh, displays everywhere. I mean, it was just a monumental task that they were working 36 hours a day for an entire week to pull that off. And, and, and it took that level of commitment to make it happen. And the thing is, that level of commitment never stopped. Yeah. Never well, stopped. Hopefully, uh, Mark, you'll be able to help Michelle and the Hall family, Eric and Ashley, to keep this going. What a great place this is. Thanks a lot for sharing your memory of Steve Hall here on the Mustang Watch Yeah, he is, a, he is a legend, and he would uh, be shaking his head, wanting to go, as they called him, Oz. He wanted to hide behind the scenes, but he was the, he was the person that, that pulled it off. You're right. And I never thought about all the people, all the, the greats that tried to make this happen, and I'm still honest, they failed. <laughs> not, and, and, not Steve and, Hall. <laughs> and Steve made it happen. Like I said, he was he was my Iron Man. So uh, he's going to be missed dearly. Thanks again, Mark. Well, it sure is great being here at the Mustang Owners Museum in Concord, North Carolina. I'm your host, John Clore. I'm really glad that we had this wonderful day to share uh, with everyone who knew Steve Hall and uh, share with this celebration of life event that we had at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. With me right now is Don Blackstock, one of Steve's great friends, the National Director of the Mustang Club of America. Don, thanks for joining us here on the Mustang Owners Podcast. Uh, certainly my pleasure. Yeah, I hate it in these circumstances, but I'm glad to be here and be a part of it. Well, a lot of people didn't realize that uh, you and Steve went back a little ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And went back a good while. One of the things we love to do on the podcast is to give people the backstory and with Steve Hall, they, they see the Steve Hall that put the museum together. They saw him at the 50th. They saw him selling apparel. They, right. you know, they saw him at big events. Yeah. But they didn't realize that Steve Hall was also embedded in our hobby, Don. And mm -hmm. and to do what he did, he had to have friends. Mm -hmm. And you got to know him at a different level. Uh, the question we have for you tonight and to share with our listeners is, sure. was Steve Hall that focused on this museum thing is it what is he one of those driven people was he a type a personality for you to hang around with? i think so but the side i saw was at shows like i mentioned today uh him selling promoting the mustang owners museum at carlisle that kind of stuff uh, ponies in the smokies <clears throat> and it was a downside where he could relax a little bit and sell t-shirts and uh, memberships to the museum and he would just sit there. He was just so calm and everything. Then we had our moments where, like I said earlier today, that Linda had to remind me we were without adult supervision because <laughs> we would do some things and then we started having trivia contests about music and playing different songs. And we had a blast, but I think it was a relief for him when he left the girls. I say girls, Ashley and Michelle, his wife, running the museum and he could 
relaxed, but he was still focused in a roundabout way. Well, the question everybody has about him is that how was he able to pull this off within all the things that he faced against uh, no funding from Ford Motor Company, right. uh, the the black guy that the idea of a museum got back in the 90s uh, after we launched here in, in the Carolina, then he had to move across the street that they're all there, it failed, and he stuck with it. Yeah. Uh, was that just knowing him the way you did, was it something was burning inside him? He had to prove to the world this? I, this I really think so. I visited with Steve at the other uh, building uh, across the road, as you mentioned, and he just was like a kid at Christmas talking about different things, energy-saving lights, the AC units and this and that. I will have this room over here just for MCA. So you have their board meetings here sometimes and important different things. He was just almost in tears talking about it. And then it was like he had to face Nolan Ryan. All of a sudden, <laughs> here comes a curveball. Rather than step out of the box, he adjusted and he found his place across the street. And, he, you know, he, 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 met, he had a couple of hiccups, but he recovered. That was the drive he had all of a sudden. He had to pick up another gear and get in, get in step to keep this museum going. And Ron Bramlett uh, was a part of it way back. And just talking to Ron every morning, uh, if I got time, I say, <clears throat> Ed Hockaday, Ron Bramlett, uh, Stephen McCarley, Rick Umberger, he was another board of director one time, and myself. We text each other every morning, good morning, how's you doing? And, of course, right now, Stephen McCarley's going through some chemo yeah. treatments, and we always check on him. And we always, how you doing, Stephen, going to get uh, chemo, this kind of stuff. But we all, and then I kept in touch with them about what was going on with Steve before he passed. And they said, you know, then after he passed, they were sending me little notes here. Be sure you tell the family what he means to us in the Mustang world, the Mustang family. Uh, as we talked earlier today, that uh, Lee Coca and Gil Haldeman had the Mustang. But uh, now the Mustang family, we also have Steve Hall, yep. Michelle, Ashley, Eric. Uh, the legacy that Steve left uh, is not going to go nowhere. It's going to get better. Oh, yeah. Because they want to honor him and everything he's done in the past. Make this his legacy. Please. Exactly. It's going to be a legacy to Steve Hall. But the Hall family had just said, uh, one monkey uh, can't do it. You got to have several. <laughs> right. and, and getting me and Steve together was like some, some monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes to show a lot of people uh, that maybe met Steve or have come down to the uh, museum yeah. before. They just saw the outside of Steve, but this, ladies and gentlemen, is a way for you to understand yeah. that he had that inner family. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you boys getting together and giving him that, that, that that's that support group. It takes yeah. a village and uh, to know that Steve was part of that. A lot yeah. of people just see him on the periphery. He wasn't on the board of the MCA. Mm -hmm. and he was on, working really in behind the scenes yeah. while you guys called him Oz yeah. uh, at the yeah. big events. But truly, Steve mm -hmm. was inside with the yeah. rest of us. And I think... That kind of fueled his passion to make this happen. Yeah, and what scared me uh, with Steve, he, I want to be your uh, agent. I want to get you a uh, campaign. I want to be a, he wanted me to run for vice president of MCA at one time. Oh, no, you're fired. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, I'm happy where I'm at, being on the board. I got enough to do. But one of the honors I had one time, I called him because uh, he's a golf, you know, and everything in Augusta National, my hometown, where the Masters is. 
And then I called him. I said, I got two tickets. What are you doing Thursday? And just, and listen, oh, what do you mean? You got two tickets to the National. Yeah. Uh, went one year, uh, Steve and Eric went because they never been. And one year I got tickets for Michelle and Ashley. That's awesome. And just doing that kind of stuff. I love calling people and say, I got tickets. <laughs> come on down and stay with us. Yeah, because they stay with us when they come down. And then when I was talking about earlier about we invited them down to our place at Hilton Head, and they come down and had some bad weather. Finally cleared it. We go to the beach, and we just sit around to race. I don't like the beach. <laughs> he wants to go. Got to go do something. Yeah, he said, I can't sit this long. Let's go do something. That's what it's all about, just being together. I didn't care where it was at, as long as we was together. Uh, and it was it was a, it was a fun time. Well, Don Blackstock, thank you so much for sharing uh-huh. some of your backstory about this guy that built this great place in food. Yeah. If you haven't been here, ladies and gentlemen, the Mustang Owners Museum is your museum, and Steve Hall made it that way. So, yeah. Don, thanks for sharing that story. Yeah, it's just not a car. This is a family organization. I thought I joined a club in '96, MCA, but I joined a family. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. Well, thanks again for being part. Oh, of my it. pleasure. Okay. Thank you. One of the great things about being here at the Mustang Owners Museum here in Concord, North Carolina, is that there are all kinds of great people walking around. And today, after the celebration of life ceremony for Steve Hall, we got to find a few couple, well, more than a couple people, several people that had a very good story. Uh, for us to share about Steve Hall. And Mike Simone, you have had, uh, let's tell you the truth here, you were a big pal, a big help, and one of the people that really kept Steve going when the museum first started. So, Mike, can you share with us a couple of your observations of Steve during those first uh, few weeks and months leading up to the opening of the museum? Was this a guy that was just driven was he easy to work with, and how did you befriend a guy that was on such a mission to build this museum? Well, Steve was a guy that, uh, as you said, was just on a mission. Um, his passion, you know, for the car and for the enthusiast, the owners, uh, everything. It was like it was running in his blood, and uh, nothing at all that uh, anybody could say or do at the time would turn him back from the mission of getting it opened uh, not only opened, but opened on time and uh, with all of the fanfare and uh, all of the goodies that uh, he had promised that so many people thought would be almost impossible to get or to do, um, Steve always found a way to get it done. And uh, usually on time or before, even early uh, when possible. But And he had a lot of obstacles to come, you know, to, uh, to overcome especially with the uh, opening in, uh, at the first location. And uh, it, it's, uh, it, was, it, was, it was quite a journey for him, but it was a passion that he had that uh, it, it's just very hard to describe. It was something that uh, I had never seen in another individual um, with the type of love and uh, commitment that he had for not just the Mustang and the automobile, but for the folks that owned the car. Folks that lived for the car. Uh, it started with my 16-year-old son. when He took him under his arm uh, for the passion for the young, new generation, is what he called it. And uh, my son to this day still has the passion that was given to him primarily by Steve and the museum here and the inclusion that they have here for everybody is welcome the different cars that come and go, um, 
just the vision that he had and the excitement. Um, there was always something new, something changing, uh, something fresh. Um, it was a vision that I, I would all, often say to him, I didn't know where he came up with a lot of the uh, ideas. Did he ever sleep? I mean, when, <laughs> when was he thinking this stuff up? But uh, everything was a very, very good passion for Steve. He absolutely loved what he was doing. Uh, we loved him very much. Um, he's going to be sorely missed, that's for sure. Well, Michael, what a lot of people don't know, and what I wasn't really aware of is that when he first came down here and he was in the process of trying to build this museum, you're the guy that opened up your home to Michelle and Mike said, listen, uh, when Mike says come over and live with us, Steve said, are you kidding me? Can you, can you do that? And you guys welcomed him in. He had so much work to do. He was just transplanted from another state to try to come down and establish this. You guys not only opened your home, you opened your hearts, and you guys worked on shoulder to shoulder to put that first thing together, especially on the deadlines that he was under originally. That, what drove you? To, I mean, you met the guy, you became a friend, but to to open your heart up to that point where you let him into your family. Yeah, it, you know, Steve, you know, and Michelle and the entire family, it, 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 it's just a connection that you have that, I don't know, I guess you'd call it, you know, down-home, southern uh, feeling that you have sometimes. It, you know, it doesn't happen often in life, but uh, it did with, uh, you know, with Steve and Michelle. And uh, right after we met, you know, a couple of weeks later, they said, you know, they were going to be coming up, and we offered them our home to uh, until they got situated. And, uh, you know, for the whole time that the buildings were being built and, and everything was going on, they were over a lot for dinner after they moved into their apartment and, uh, you know, we'd watch movies at the house. I had a home theater at the time. So, uh, you know, trying to get a lot of the, uh, a lot of the uh, pressure off of him and Michelle of, uh, these deadlines that they had set. And of course, uh, when you're building new buildings, as was the first project, um, things don't go a lot of the times as planned. So there were delays and, uh, yet there were big celebrations coming up for Mustang day they wanted it open by so a lot of stuff was going on that steve was under a lot of pressure um to more or less prove himself um to us we were new to uh you know to this uh group of mustang enthusiasts and we didn't have a whole lot of the backstory at the time five or six years ago of things that were going on previously with um apparently other museums that were yeah. supposed to have been opened <laughs> so so steve was under a lot of pressure and um but he, but he wouldn't show it to us or his friends. But so, so we tried to eliminate a lot of that for him and Michelle by, you know, opening up our home, being as hospitable as we could. And, uh, and like I said, we were just totally infatuated with everything that was going on. It was so much on his plate, left, right, left, right. And it, it just kept going like a machine. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was just insane. And then when you walk around the building today... <laughs> It, it is, it, place, it, yeah. you know, it is just absolutely just spectacular. It I mean, really I mean, I mean, it really is. It's, it's, a, you can tell that it's a labor of love. Um, you know, even the room that we're sitting in right now, the latest generation of the car. Um, he was so enthusiastic about getting, you know, all of these pieces in that other enthusiasts uh, have never been able to see with their own eyes, only in photos. And a lot of those was, you know, apparently, you know, spy photos that you see at car driver when I was growing up and stuff. So it's, it's just stuff that Steve knew what 
the enthusiast and the owner wanted to see what was important to preserve, um, you know, not only for us and us older guys that are really into the cars, but for folks like my son, the younger generation. It's very important to see. Well, well Mike Simone, <clears throat> if you, uh, your entire operation here, working with Steve and being part of this proves there is a Mustang family. And you've lived that life for that Mustang family. All of our listeners want to thank you for your contribution to making this happen with Steve Hall and uh, for sharing some of your memories with Steve. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. Well, here we are sitting in the newest portion of the Mustang Owners Museum here in Concord, North Carolina. And what a day we had over at the Charlotte Motor Speedway uh, with a wonderful celebration of life ceremony. Lots of Mustangs, lots of Mustang fans and family there. And, of course, we were blessed by having a few uh, of our dignitaries show, the Mustang Club of America being a big player here, and the past president, Steve Pruitt, is joining us here now. Steve, thanks not only for coming today and being part of this, but thanks for sitting down with us for a few minutes here on the Mustang Owners Podcast and trying to get our listeners to understand what drove Steve Hall to be able to pull this off when so many people with budgets and time and Big people in the industry could not do this. Well, what was it, do you think, knowing Steve the way you did, how did he pull this off? A lot of tenacity. He uh, he knew how to approach people. He knew how to sell his idea. And uh, no matter who he was working with or who he was talking to, and no matter how negative they would be on the front end, at the back end, they would have him in the front seat with him. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, he was a hell of a guy, uh, had a lot of good times with Steve at different events, uh, Phoenix at, uh, Barrett Jackson out there several times. He is a vendor plus working for the MCA, uh, selling MCA accessories and, and pearl and stuff like that. Um, many, many national shows that he would be at as a vendor for himself plus for selling MCA and stuff. But, uh, everywhere Steve went, he just had personality that everybody likes i mean no matter what what the conversation was about by the time the, by the time you got to the end of the conversation you were in his back seat you know <laughs> well i think a lot of people don't realize that if you've been hopefully our listeners have been uh some type of participant in the 50th which was a tremendous i don't think there'll be any automotive event like that for any particular brand that in our lifetime again but you guys pulled off a double event uh, here in Charlotte, then in Las Vegas, and to have Steve so deeply involved uh, with Ron Bramlett and the MCA uh, to pull those off and to be so heavily involved in such a mega event that the whole world was watching them as well. This is a big deal. And Ford Motor Company and all the millions of Mustang fans, not just here, but all over the world. And I think that may have just fueled Steve's passion even more so to just put him over the end and say, we're going to do this. Yeah, and you know, for years, uh, I got involved with the MCA back in the late 1998-99. And for years, the people in the western United States complained, everything you do is on the East Coast. Everything you do is on the East Coast. And uh, uh, when we started talking about putting together a 50th anniversary event, I just, I told Ron, Steve both, I said, this is a no-brainer. I said, this is the perfect opportunity to have dual events, one in Charlotte for the East Coast, one in Vegas for the West Coast, so that everybody gets to play. And uh, 
they worked pretty hard to get that all put together. And uh, it was phenomenal. And uh, I spent my time here in Charlotte for the event that was going on here. And, uh, uh, of course, Ron was at Las Vegas. And uh, Steve was also here, too. But Steve was still, he was hitting in both both parks, so to speak. <laughs> but for a guy that focused on the hobby, uh, a lot of people don't realize when they come to this museum, it would take somebody really connected. Uh, and let's face it, I think the coolest thing, and Steve, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, that makes this place so unique, it's the Mustang Owners Museum. It's not about a, a collection of cars. It's owners that love these cars. It's your place. Yeah, and you know, part of naming this this uh, museum, you know, they spent several months. What are we going to call it? And everybody would submit ideas. And don't quote me on this, but I think they finally put it out to the Mustang Club of America members and Mustang enthusiasts all over, you know, and said, give us some ideas. And where the Mustang Owners Museum came from, I don't know if it was something that got submitted by somebody or what, but I think... During that process, Steve realized, you know, these are the owners that are telling us what they want to call this thing. And it just, all of a sudden, it, boop, it's, yeah. just, it's the Mustang Owners Museum. Well, and, they, uh, they were going to uh, forward one. <clears throat> not, uh, I know they want to protect the idea of a national Mustang Museum, which was an early runner for this title of this place. But Ford wanted to protect that in case they ever did it. Yeah. But the funny yeah. thing is now, with this place here now, is there really any reason for Ford to do this. It's in the hands of the hobby with a Mustang Club of America guiding it, with the clubs here supporting it. We kind of run the hobby, Steve. Yeah. So and, I, and as you mentioned today, you know, for years and years, we were begged Ford yeah. to do something. Let us help you do something. And it seemed like it always came down to real estate and dollars and cents. And, uh, uh, the powers that be with Ford Motor Company just weren't ready to commit. Whether or not they, like someone mentioned earlier, you're only gonna, people are only going to go to a museum once. But that's not true with the Mustang Owners Museum. People come here numerous times to see the new stuff and to refresh their memories with the stuff that they saw before. Because the cars and stuff in here, you know, they're, they're rotated in and out by... These cars belong to owners. Right. You know, they don't belong to the museum. And there's some things in here from on loan that you just don't see in somebody's garage. Exactly. So I really hope, <clears throat> Steve, with the help of the MCA and your leadership there, that people listening today can say, you know what, I haven't been there, or if I haven't been there in a while, it deserves a time to go back. Maybe a club within a day's drive yep. who haven't been here make a pilgrimage. They come to support this because if this is going to live, and as Steve Hall probably knew this better than anybody, it's not going to come through admissions. It's come through doing things and celebrating this place as a home for an event. Yeah. A cruise-in would be perfect. Oh, yeah. So hopefully the MCA can uh, keep this going because thank God we have this. Yeah, and a number of clubs have done just that. They've had a club outing that came to the Mustang Owners Museum. And, you know, they get together and eat breakfast, drive up here. Maybe if it's a three- or four-hour drive. I know from Augusta, it's about a three-hour drive up here from Augusta. And a number of our club members have already made that trip as a group to come to the Mustang Owners Museum and see what it was all about. Because they heard us, myself, and Don Blackstock talk about it <laughs> and uh, and how great it is and everything. So, you know, when people hear us and others talk about how great it is and how unique it is and all the neat stuff to see here, you know, it, it triggers that, that want to go. And, yeah. and But we were talking to a couple here today. Uh, 
They're from Washington State. He bought a new Mach 1, and he's here in Charlotte to do the driving experience tomorrow. And he said, there was no way we were going to leave here without seeing the Mustang owner. Absolutely. They, and uh, they came in here. We were talking to them this afternoon, and they were just, just really blown away by everything that was here and how, how neat it all is from a Mustang owner's perspective. So. Uh, that, that's what everyone listening should <clears throat> understand. And uh, I know that Ford is working on doing some experiential things over at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. We're working very hard with them to make sure that they include this. Yep. The Mustang Owners Museum is part of it, and hopefully down the road, membership in the Mustang Club of America. Well, Steve Pruitt, thanks for all you've done to keep this place going and keeping the Mustang Club of America alive and this wonderful, wonderful car we call the Mustang family. Appreciate it. Glad Thank to do it. You. Thank you. Well, last but not least, we have uh, a wonderful opportunity today to talk to a lot of people, and one of them uh, happens to be a Mustang hero in the Mustang world, uh, Art Hyde, a longtime Ford Motor Company Mustang engineer on several of the Mustang platforms. A lot of guys at Ford are able to hang their hat on a platform, say, I worked, I was the chief engineer for this Mustang or that one, but Art spread across two or three platforms, and very there's nobody else in the world that's been able to do that. Art Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast, and thank you for attending today the Steve Hall Celebration of Life Memorial over at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. That was quite an event. It was quite an event, but uh, Steve was quite a person, <laughs> and he made a big impact on the community, well, and he made a big impact on me. Well, that's why we want to talk to you a little bit here for our podcast, because a lot of people don't realize that... Um, from day one, before there was a John Clore and there was a, there was a Art Hyde and a John Kleinard and people at Ford, super, super enthusiasts who got involved with the clubs and wanted them to go places. I was over at Auto Week magazine, as I mentioned, and heard about this museum happening and how cool was that? And then a year later, I'm working for John Coletti. You, Art, were part of that to try to get the museum started because you, Art, were so embedded with these Mustang owners and the clubs, because I think that's what you used to make sure that when you were engineering a Mustang, you were giving people what they wanted. So you had a club connection from day one. Well, I did, but then not only for me, but for the members of the team. So it wasn't, you know, it's one thing for me. I was always a Mustang uh, enthusiast from when I was a kid. But uh, a lot of the engineers working on the brakes and the interior and the suspension and things, uh, we're not necessarily Mustang engineers and we're not Mustang enthusiasts, didn't know. And so I took it as a challenge to get all the engineers to understand what a Mustang is because every part in the car needs to reinforce the mission of a Mustang and the, and the message of a Mustang. You know, uh, independence, self-determination, um, power, and, you know, fun and bang for the buck. Well, it's sure, uh, let's face it, it created what an incredible enthusiast community. And then it made sense right around that time, well, 30th, 35th anniversary, people around anniversaries of the Mustang, it always yeah. creates this incitement. Yeah. And then the idea of, hey, you know, there's a National Corvette Museum. Why wouldn't we have a National Mustang Museum? And, you know, Ford was in mm -hmm. it, Mustang Club of America, some really big shooters. Money was spent, time and effort looking and, you know, site reviews and Nothing ever happened. And then, like I was mentioning today uh, during my speech there, um, other people at the company at Ford were looking at this possibility. Uh, different parts of the company, different people thought, well, we, maybe we could do something here. We could do something here. Maybe we could do an experience center. These were real efforts, Art, that went on, and they weren't able to do it. Why do you think Steve Hall 
was able to do it when so many people couldn't? Um, great question. Um, in fact, I remember I was the, I think I was the one who inherited the, the books from the original Mustang Museum effort, and I gave them to Steve and went through with them and, and explained, um, and with, I think Janine was also part of explaining this to him, that uh, it was, there was, it's very difficult to make a financial case. And when Ford does things, like we, we made a really big run at taking the Ford Experience Center in Dearborn and turning that into the Mustang Museum. And but when, when Ford does stuff like that, they go in and they have a certain expectation of execution that is cubic money. And the problem here is that if you 10 bucks to get in the door, people come to a museum once or twice but that's not going to pay off a multi, you know, 20 or 30 million dollar investment and maybe even more because these people have all these great grand ideas, right? It's one of the things to be sort of pie in the sky. But there's the other part of it is that they studied it enough to convince themselves it would be really hard. <laughs> and there's, there's something to be said for, you know, it's kind of like skydiving. You can sit there and you can look at it and say, I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready to jump. I think I'm ready to jump. But until somebody physically assists you out the door, you don't necessarily jump. But in Steve's case, he was all in and he just jumped. He went, oh, he probably didn't even clip the, the, this, the parachute before he, you know, before he jumped. Um, you know, he was all in. Yeah. And, and he was all about being resourceful and finding ways of solving these bigger problems that we may have solved with a maybe a more perfect solution, but not necessarily a better value solution. And then if you just look at the building that we're in right yeah. now, it's not the original building. The original building was much bigger, mm -hmm. but it was unaffordable, right. as it turned out. And several of us, when we first saw that building, we're going, oh my gosh, how are we ever, for, yeah. yeah, how are we ever gonna either fill it up <laughs> And how are you going to afford this? Because yeah. the, the rent was high. Yeah. And, um, but in the end, uh, it takes somebody to come up with the weekly events. You know, how many times? I mean, the whole Mustang oh, Day. Yeah. Say, so Steve created Mustang Day. We, we can say, well, no, we always had April 17th as Mustang Day. But no, Steve actually is the one who made that National Mustang Day. It did not exist before Steve. That's a, that's a good point. A lot of people don't realize that. And that was originally a way to sell a window cleaning that would uh, help fund uh, the creation of the museum. Well, also and, to bring, have an event here. Oh, yeah. And, and, and if, you, if you bring people here, then other people will come. Right. But if you don't bring people here, then it gets stale. Yeah. And you have to have, a, you know, you have to have turnover. Like, remember with the Mustang Day event, we had uh, Gail here in the first car, oh, right? Yeah. Right. In various events. Every year he would do something. And it kept fueling, fueling the uh, the, the uh, museum. Well, anybody anybody who knows anything about museums, I used to say the big, two biggest swear words in young, to a young person is library and museum. <laughs> so, but if you want to really get people interested in the museum, it's got to be events. It's got to be cruisings. It's got to make this place a home for a happening. And having them, and Steve knew that I think better than anybody that I've ever met in the museum world, because he he just knew how to, and not only that merch, 
He does great stuff here. You can buy. Well, he was always a merch guy. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's a, always a merch guy. Yeah, and he was a merch guy before he was a museum guy. Right, right. If you look at the history. Yeah, and then and then an event guy after that when he worked with the 50th with the MCA. Correct. So he and he gets all these skills in, in sand, and then, boy, he got onto this museum thing like a dog on a bone and wouldn't let go. Yeah. And now that, as you mentioned, art, uh, the move, uh, you know, oh, there it goes. He's not going to make it, but he saw. Look, I'm not going to let go of this. I'm just going to figure out, work a way around it. And now that I'm walking around here today to see the new extension here, you know, the the, the bucks out of Ford and the, the connections that we all try to help. It's a family, and he wanted to make that connection with Ford so that people felt like this was the right place to have the home of the Mustang Spirit live. I, I see it here. Do you, do you kind of like the way this is laid out? Absolutely. And I think it's... Laid out much better than the original vision was. So he's learned a lot. Now, it helped that Joel Piaskowski at Fort Design is a Mustang guy. And, you know, when Steve would call up and say, who should I talk to about this or that? I remember talking to him about getting these these clay models. Um, and so I, I thought Joel was the obvious guy. Joel immediately picked it up. And, and ran with it and did way more than I thought he was going to. Yeah. It was just like with the engines. It was the same thing. Yeah. Those old properties with, with, to Ford maybe putting in a warehouse, but to here, they're special. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and the fact that you, Art, helped make those connections, whatever connections I can make for them, when I look around here, this is what makes this place special. And what also made it special is the guys like Joel and Art Hyde and Gail Halderman and the people that came here to try to support this they believed in their heart that a Mustang Owners Museum needed to be here, and it needed to be somewhere. And Steve Hall, if we don't support him, we don't deserve to have this. Yeah, I think a lot of people would have liked to have had this in Dearborn. Yeah. And, and in many ways, it should have been in Dearborn. But there's no tourist trade in Dearborn, and you need, a, you need another reason for people. The, the, I call it the casual person. Right. And Steve knew that. And Steve knew that it had to be close enough to the track, literally, that people were not driving too far. Right. Just being down the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it is, you know, that was him. That was all Steve. And he found the Carpenter brothers and you know, the Carpenter family who were wonderfully helpful in setting all this up. Um, and uh, here we are, yeah. you know. And I, I hope this is a permanent thing. Um and I know that uh, there's a desire to do that, but this is hard sledding every single day to do this. And Steve had that determination. Well, hopefully now his family can make this place a place of his legacy and that the clubs can hear this and understand the importance of a place like this art and come and visit and support it and be part of that club world that comes down here and mm -hmm. keeps it going. Well, I come down here at least once a year, um, sometimes twice a year. You know, I've had cars shown here. And, um, you, know, I, you know, I've come down here for many of the events. Well, thank That's you, Art, Art Hyde. If it weren't for you, I'm telling you, this Mustang family wouldn't be what it is. I appreciate all your time and effort in making this happen, supporting Steve and continuing support with our Mustang hobby. Art Hyde, thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, this day was one special day here in Concord, North Carolina. First, uh, down at the Charlotte Motor Speedway to have that Celebration of Life event for our good friend Steve Hall, the founder of the Mustang Owners Museum, and all the wonderful people that came to support the family 
and to, to have this celebration because this guy was the one guy that actually gave us what we wanted, our fill our dream, which was having a museum all about the Mustang to be somewhere in the United States of America that we could all access. So we're really happy right now to close this podcast with the president of the Mustang Club of America, Jeff Mays. Jeff, so I really appreciate you joining us and maybe for sharing a few little insights about Steve Hall, the guy that started all this. Uh, Steve was the, uh, the proverbial pit bull chewing on the bone. And he was relentless and was not going to give that bone up. And we have a museum because Steve was that man. Now, you did have a lot of uh, interaction with Steve, and uh, you knew from the work that he did on the 50th, he got that taste of events. He already did all that merch that he did with Mustang Club of America. But did you ever really think, I mean, there were so many detractors when he first floated the idea of, hey, I want to get involved and get this museum going. Did you ever, th you saw failures in the past. Wasn't there some skepticism when you saw what Steve was trying to do? There was some skepticism. As a matter of fact, with the board of directors, with the MCA, we, uh, we had run that past uh, the group twice. And the whole premise was they were trying to go to Mustang, Oklahoma, which was way too far away. It's the center of the country. And Steve came up with the idea of Charlotte, which seemed more palatable for the travel lanes of the East Coast, people going to Florida for vacation, traveling out of the the Northeast. So it, it was more of a palatable idea. And the club was always on board with let's do a museum. As you know, there've been so many attempts. Oh. Uh, and, you know, with, and Steve and Ron, Ron Bramlett, you have to give Ron credit um, to actually get the idea moving forward. And then once Steve got cut loose on it, it was all over. It was going to happen. <laughs> well, and we all remember that day, you know, I brought down Gail Halderman and we, what a party that was here. We finally got it, you know. Heck, you guys in Corvette down there in Kentucky, you know. Uh, but then he hit that bump in the road with the building there, and then they thought, see, this is all good. But Steve, that didn't deter him one bit. He just said, you know what? I want to figure something out. And now that I'm walking around here, Jeff, this is a cool place. Oh, it's a really cool place. Uh, the, the other building, uh, as we all know, it was huge. Beautiful building, brand new. This building's not brand new, but Steve made this building what a museum should truly be. Yeah. This is, you know, it's not a, it's, it's not the gift wrap box <laughs> per se, but Steve put his heart and his soul in here, and this is what the museum should be. It's about the members of the museum. It's about the members of the club. It's actually about the Mustang enthusiast, yeah. which is what Steve was all about. You know, we did uh, talk at his celebration of life about the Mustang family, but you know, Jeff, I think this this kind of operation kind of proves it because there was a guy that got exposed to our community working in events and then understood the passion that we had and then went out and built this place. And now that he's gone and his family dedicated to keeping it going, we feel that, like it's important that everyone listening tonight should do something to either visit or have their club support, do something to support having this place in the future. Oh, absolutely. They should all get together and come down. they got to come see this place. If you haven't seen it, you really need to see it. This, What's sitting right here to your right and my left is something nobody ever gets to see with a clay model from Ford Motor Company that gets dropped off. And it's like, hey, you have the clay model for the dark horse. It's, it's unheard of. This is usually destroyed. Yeah. Um, you and, never and see it. Here never. it is at the museum. You know, Ford's entrusted Steve with it. Yeah, and I think the the fact that these cars in here are, it's not somebody's collection. This is an owner's museum. These are owner cars, and Mark Young does a great job of curating it. And this place, I don't know, just feels like a, a net. You could have a meeting here, and 
just having a good party here is, is a good idea. And I think, Jeff, we're going to look forward to having the Mustang Club of America continue to have their support here and uh, continue to take people like Steve Hall and make the rest of the world understand this is what makes the Mustangs family special. Absolutely. And there, there will be a huge event here for National Mustang Day coming up in 24. So, And we're celebrating the 60th anniversary, which Steve was already wanting to be a big, huge part of. And I know that the family will be at Barbara Motorsports Park, but to come here two weeks afterwards for National Mustang Day, the MCA will be here to support the museum. And we would love for every enthusiast to come through, whether you stop by on your way on vacation or if you're in the area, this is something everybody should come to see. Jeff Mays, I couldn't say it any better. Thank you again for all your support and all the wonderful work that you do for the Mustang Club of America. We really appreciate your time tonight. All right, thank you too, John. You got it.